Um, hello and welcome to the Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas and with me is David Horning. And we are two podcasters who came together. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I went to listen to our old intro for our, our very first thing, and it wasn't as bad as that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as bad as that. Welcome, everybody, yeah, to the Body Bags Podcast. Yeah. Very much, very much our first time, but uh, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me as always, Broke Writer Dave. How are we doing, everybody? Has it been over two years already? Yeah, we're just about there. Yeah, or, or about the two-year mark. I, yeah. I, and it, we, I'd like to say that we've come a long way. Oh, we. I feel like we've definitely a lot further along than I thought we would be. Well, uh, much time has passed since we were the. I was that clean-shaven child of twenty-nine years old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I go back and I listen to it. Like it's amazing how we've gotten 10,000 downloads let alone five right <laughs> you know, in, in a in a market that is flooded with podcasters it means a lot that a good amount of people have chosen to kind of stick around and listen to us yeah really means a lot to us that you guys are sticking with us so as we because I think I think we even started sometime in the summer uh I want to say it was August, August 16th of 2021 and Dave had the fantastic idea of, well, you know what? Why don't we go back and re- review some of the stuff that we did in season one? Season one had a lot of good like movies, but maybe not at us at our top tier in reviewing. Yeah, we were still finding our legs as a podcast, still figuring things out. I didn't even know who this man was. No, like I think we recorded that first episode about a week after meeting each other, so... And it was at, I don't know if it was before or after that point where I was thinking to myself, wait a second, I just agreed to do a podcast with this dude. I don't even know how old this dude is. I could be talking to like a 15 or 16 year old and we're like, <laughs> yeah. I could be getting like, I could be getting in real trouble. I don't know how old this dude is. And then luckily he's Chris like, Hansen could show up at any time. Chris Hansen just shows like, so you, I, I hear you are, we're planning on meeting a 15 year old boy to discuss movies. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Why don't you take a seat right here? <laughs> right. Oh. I, I, my heart alleviated when you said you were my age. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. But Just a few uh, months apart. But uh, so, yeah, Fear Street, our very, very first, broke our cherry first movie. Um, yes. Well, tr- series of movies. Well, that's a trilogy. Yeah. It's a very good trilogy. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, and luckily for this, I don't know if we... Last time, I don't know if we tiptoed around spoilers or anything like that, but the good thing about re-reviewing it this time is that enough time has passed where it's like, well, if you, you haven't seen it by now, that's your fault. Yeah, and we probably did spoil it in the first one anyway, so. And, you know, it's free on Netflix, so. Yeah, check but, it out. It's really good. But we'll go into that in a little bit. Yeah. In the meantime, we had homework. Yes, we did. Now, I've been 0 for 2 when it comes to recommending movies to Dave. I've I've recommended Dave um a Australian found footage mockumentary and I have recommended to him a old school slasher. Now if he doesn't like this one, I don't know what to tell you about this man, folks. I don't know I don't know what to do with him, but I'm going to have him actually go first on this one cuz but um go ahead Dave. What was your homework? Uh, Tatsui the Iron Man. Tetsuo, the Iron Tetsuo, Man. Tetsuo, yeah. All right, so... A yeah, go ahead. Body horror movie from 1988 from Japan. Yep, Japanese cyberpunk body horror, I believe, is what it's listed as on... Yeah, kind of an erotica. Had a lot of phallus statements. Yeah. Yeah, no, this movie didn't do it for me. Dude, I don't know what to do with this man, people. Like, I, I've, I've given him three completely different types of horror movies, like vastly different from one another. I don't know what to do with yeah. this. <laughs> I don't know what to like, do with I'm you. I'm big on Japanese movies, but this one... That's why I, 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 that's exactly yeah. why I, I recommend it to you. Like, well, yeah. I, I have to be in the mood for body horror, but, uh, you know, I'm, I like Japanese movies, so that's in yeah. my way. Also, I'm like, good, safe bet. But... Yeah, I think I think the body horror in this one was just a little much gratuitous 
Yeah, and like the sounds were. That's why I like the it. score of this movie was. I I like that. Oh, uh, like like she was like eating like a piece of a hot dog, and they made it sound like she was chewing metal. I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. I was incredibly uncomfortable the entire movie. It's supposed. I believe I I I, uh, I said it was like a a fever dream that grabs you by the throat and then replaces it with an exhaust pipe. I think is what my review said. That accurately describes it. Yeah, because like the the pace of this movie was weird. You want to tell people what it's about first off. So, uh, starts off with this guy going to stick like a metal rod in his leg. It cuts open. Maggots are coming out and everything. Freaks him out. He goes running out to the street, gets hit by a car. And driving the car was our, uh, I guess, protagonist of this movie. <laughs> he, I don't know. If, I, I guess you would call them the protagonist, the guy of the movie. <laughs> He's the main character of the movie. And from this incident, he slowly starts becoming a machine. It's very much like a metal fetish type thing. The the main antagonist is called the metal fetishist. Yeah. And it very and yeah. is it, it is very much a fever dream type movie where the guy is slowly starting to kind of turn into metal. Yeah, slowly becoming more machine than man. Like scrap like scrap grungy looking metal too. Like um, Yeah. Um from what um from what I understand, well, I'll tell you why I liked it is a the practical effects first and foremost. Yeah, I figure you're you're big you're way more bigger on like stop motion type effects than I am. Stop motion and practical effects and from what I heard uh, like you, if you look at it, the guy who's doing all of these effects, you can tell that there's some passion in it because yeah. there's a lot of detail in what he is putting into like how the guy is slowly turning metal and how and I said kudos to the actors for doing a lot of these weird scenes. Yeah, and even though this movie came out in 1988, it's all in black and white. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I was like, stylistic. Stylistically, I thought that was a good choice because there was a, a sequel to it that it, it was in color, and I thought there was something lost when it went to color. In all honesty, maybe, but I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just not a big fan of like movies choosing a black white. All right, well, it very rarely works for me, but yeah. All right, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's essentially what the plot of the movie is. So why don't you go ahead and break it down real quick, like give give it your thing. Yeah, and as he's become like more machine, it's become more straw, and at one point has a drill for a penis. Mm-hmm. See, uh, yeah, his girlfriend then tries to kill him, doesn't, then she kills herself because she's worried about what she'll become. You see, Dave. You just don't understand the deep metaphors that this movie has. That... I get the metaphors. It's just, come on now. <laughs> you don't understand. They're saying we're slaves to technology. You just, yeah. you just don't get it, man. You just. <laughs> I get it. It just did hit for me. And then he goes in to fight the guy who, from the beginning, who got hit by a car, yeah. and they merge into a giant penis. A giant metallic penis that goes around and turns everything into metal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you asked for you see. Last time you said that the that Lake Mungo was too boring, so I thought, all right, well, let me go the complete opposite and give you one that just like doesn't stop. It <laughs> and, does not stop. I mean, it's only an hour and seven minutes long, so doesn't have time to be boring. So I don't know what to do, man. These are three completely different types of movies, <laughs> and you and you just shat on all three. <laughs> I'm really trying not to, but. Watch it. I was like, oh, this no. Meanwhile, I was watching. I was like, oh man, this is great. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it on a rainy day too, so it was storming really? outside. I was like, I was like, hell yeah, this is <laughs> this is great. I mean, yeah. it combines. I, I it combines my like uh, like stop motion and I like body horror. Yeah. All but, right. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Go go ahead and break it down. Give it your score. All right. So, uh, I mean, technicals. I mean. He, it's not bad. I mean, he does a really good job. Oh, you don't have to yeah, just be the, honest. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> no, like the technicals were good. I mean, I'd probably give it seven and a half. No, I'm going to go with seven. Okay. We're putting in black and white. <laughs> That's fine. Story, probably a four. <laughs> okay. And then enjoyment, I'd probably put it, I'd probably put it at a, yeah, four. Yeah, that bad, huh? 
I mean, it's not bad. It's not like a one or a two, but it's not something I'm ever going to go out of my way to rewatch. My goal by the end of this season is to try to hone in on your taste and figure out, all right, what would be a good... I know what yeah, apparently... Yeah, evidently we finding... I have weird taste in movies, I guess. I don't know about weird, but I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think. I, give, I gave you an 80s slasher a mockumentary from Australia and now a cyberpunk horror, uh, body horror. And it's like, nope, nope, nope. I'm like, okay. Um, all right. And, and that's so weird. Cause like, I love 80 slashers and I do enjoy mockumentary style movies and genuinely love most of the Japanese horror movies I've watched. And, and I'm just, I guess I just happen to keep finding the ones <laughs> that you are the exception. So, yeah. The ones I'm not going to like. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, so a total is uh, fifteen out of thirty. So, well, this is like also we joke like in a lot of these reviews saying like, oh, we have completely different taste in movies when we made our list, and then we end up yeah. having like the same like when we did our top tens, we yeah. go, we joke and say, oh, we have such different tastes, but a couple of times we've had the same like mm-hmm. number threes or same number yeah. fives. This is the actual way we're figuring out. Wow, we <laughs> really do have some different tastes Taste, here. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess that leads into my homework. Yeah. 30 Miles from Nowhere. Now, I think that you gave me this one because I gave you two that you didn't like. Did you not like it? This movie irritated me. This I is, genuinely enjoyed that movie. This, this I ought to make... But I've I, yet to see find anybody else who's seen it. That's why I made you watch it. I ought to make you re-watch and re-review a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot for making me watch this movie. <laughs> like, I... This... <laughs> All right, well, first off, 30 Miles from Nowhere, um, a group of friends, um, they had a friend who recently died, and they're all getting together to go to his funeral, pay their respects, and they go out to this, I'm hesitant to call it a cabin, it's a giant triangle out in the middle of the woods, Yeah, and uh, they're like old college buddies, and... You know, as it goes, a little bit of drinking, a little bit of reminiscing, and then it turns into a horror, like weird stuff is happening. Yeah. Now, I, I hated these people. These people irritated me. And, and now I know that a group of friends out in the middle of the woods is like a staple of of yeah. a lot of horror movies. But good God, like none of these people, maybe aside from one guy named Paul, but none of these people were likable. All <laughs> of these people. like, and, and the thing is, I knew within five minutes that these people were going to be like, oh, this is going to just be a bunch of them shit-talking each other and being passive-aggressive with each other and probably cheating on their girlfriends and husbands with each other and of course and it was exactly that (laughs) it it was exactly that i was you know you could do cabin in the woods type movies and stuff like that but man i didn't like anybody in this (laughs) and all right so as, as the movie goes along you find out that uh, like the guy supposedly shot himself and killed himself, their friend who who was yeah. a scientist, and I think a psychologist. Psychologist. Yeah. Sci- they keep calling him a scientist. He left behind a grieving. Was it his wife? Yeah. Oh, uh, his wife, who was the one who invited them all, and then but uh, a couple of them keeps like seeing who they think is the guy. His name is Max, the guy who supposedly killed himself. And spoiler alert: at the end, it was all like a big experiment in fear. Yeah. The guy is actually alive, and there's a guy who's a pacifist, part of the group, doesn't like violence, and he's also, I think, a psychologist as well. Yeah. And he gets shot at one point in the leg, I think. Doesn't he get shot in the leg? I believe so, yeah. He gets shot in the leg. Everybody else gets tied up and held at gunpoint, and then he shows up. He limps out of the woods, shows up, and kills the... uh woman who like was i guess his wife was in on it It all turned out to be like an experiment that max was doing oh this is they said they all signed uh release forms when they signed the uh i it was the guest yes it was the yeah they signed a guest book at the very beginning which turned out to be a which i don't think that's legally binding because all they did was just show you signed this and it was just a blank sheet of paper with with their names on it. And he's like, you signed a waiver? He's like, there's nothing on here. What are you talking about? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just our names. Yeah, we signed, you, all you have is we signed a piece of paper. Like when he, when the police, sh- the police show up at the very end and arrest Paul, the guy who shot the woman and said, oh yeah, he, he went crazy and killed, but oh, he went crazy, did he? Is that why he has a bullet in his leg? And like, like the ending made no sense. <laughs> 
absolutely zero sense. Like, the police say, oh, you signed this this waiver form, and it was just a blank sheet of paper with their names on it. It's like, that doesn't prove shit. That just proves that we have names on our, on a piece of paper. And, and then he's hauled off to jail and said, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this, this movie. Yeah, I don't think it would have held up in court, but yeah. This movie irritated me. And, and nobody's jumping to the dude's defense. Like, they see him going away, getting hauled up. Nobody's like, yo, look. Like, the guy is, he got shot at. Look at his leg. The, the woman, is, like, tied us up and, and brought us, like, in here and was threatening to kill us. Like, police are just, and police are just quick. To, again, useless police officers, which is another unfortunate staple in horror movies. Yeah. Just just useless beliefs officers like oh he's a well-respected psychologist he would never do something like this and oh like oh this movie just irritated me i maybe i just watched it on a good day halfway through the movie i was like this is obvious dave obviously gave me this on purpose because i gave him two movies he didn't like he obviously gave me this because like kudos uh, i actually was i actually was giving you props like you know good on you dave i you know what i watched i watched it like a year ago and i actually enjoyed the movie i was sitting here like i appreciate the pettiness dave i I appreciate (laughs) the pettiness of giving me a bad movie because i gave you two ones but did not mean to be petty i just Oh man! So yeah, that's that. That was the one of the things I wrote down. I was like, I ought to make you rewatch uh, the rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street and review it for, for next time for giving me this movie to watch. Technicals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get to the scoring. Let's get to the score. I'll give you my enjoyment already. It was a three. I didn't like it. It was annoying. <laughs> yeah. uh, technicals. Technicals. I'll actually give a. I'll actually it was competently shot so I will give it a 7. It was comp it was competently shot and there was a scene that I thought was it was a shower scene where uh she the woman was uh I think this movie is rated 16 plus or something like that. Yeah. So there's no real there's no real gratuitous nudity, no real 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 violence. I I classify it more as a thriller, I would yeah. th- I would think. She's in the shower and she's like showering with it like the shower head thing and then uh red stuff i guess blood quote unquote was supposed it was coming out and then washes away but it was only for a little bit it only happened for a couple seconds enough to kind of notice and then it washed away and it it went unnoticed by the person i liked that i thought that was a good shot because i was like all right cool it was was just a creepy little thing for the audience which so i like that but then they ruined it by like having the guy show up i forget the guy's name but it was like their uh I, I don't remember anybody's name, but if you're wondering who it is, it was their the only black man in the movie yeah. uh, came in and then started trying to like oh then started like making out with the woman in there and so I was like yeah. I was like I don't know what it is with people who like like between that or like Soul Survivors is like your girl is in the next room yeah like your or your boy is in the next room like why would you risk doing this like like people are choosing some bad friends. Yeah, these are not good people, except no. for maybe Paul. Paul was the only decent person in the movie. Yeah. Because he was the one, he was the pacifist who was going around. Uh, he, he he was basically saying, I'll do this for everyone. I'll do. He wasn't being pompous about it either. He was just, which I knew in the end when I saw how, how good of a dude this guy was, I was like, this ain't going to end well for this dude. The nice guys in movies like this always get the short end of the stick. And yeah, uh, so technicals, I'll say I'll, six and a half. Okay. And story, I don't know. I, I mean, story's a four for me too. All right. No, because it was, I mean, there was no real twist because you know the second that you see this woman, the one who got them all together, you're like, all right. Because my second note was, all right, how long does until this woman starts killing people or doing something? I was like, this yeah. this this grieving quote unquote widow is obviously a crazy person. <laughs> so like you know, so the big twist at the end is no real big twist at the end. I, hey, if you like it, <laughs> uh, good I on you. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of how I imagine that's how you feel when I was having you watch Tetsuo. You're like, yeah. Oh, if you like it, man. <laughs> yeah, more power to you. All right. So let's let's give each other homework. I'm gonna try to give you some. I, all right. I failed to make you. I failed to excite you. Uh, I failed to uh, uh, pique your interest with uh, mockumentary, and I failed to tickle your nostalgia bone with '80s horror. So, how about I try to make you laugh? All right. Uh, all right. So, I got two movies. Um, I don't know if you've seen both of them or either of them. Uh, if you have, then I'm going to go in a different direction. Uh, have you seen The Burbs? The Burbs. 
the Burbs. B U R B S. No, I don't think with I have. T- with Tom Hanks. No. All right. That one's kind of a. <laughs> I-, I compared Summer of 84 to a little bit of the Burbs and that something's weird going on with the neighbor next door kind of movie. I don't know if this is considered horror. I'd say it's a thriller comedy. So I'm going to give you the Burbs. Okay. That one's, I'd say, more on the comedic side, but. I gotta give you something. I gotta. I gotta have a win once. So, let's right. see. Let's see if you like that. All right. I'm gonna give you a cult classic. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen. All right. Give you Ginger Snaps. That has been on my list. Yeah. That that has been on my list of movies. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it's a pretty good movie. So I know a little bit of what it's about. Yeah. Uh, I know the main character's named Ginger, right? Yeah. And she snaps. <laughs> and I know uh, I, I never knew like I think I this year sometimes you just pick up stuff for, just because yeah. when you hear people talk about movies you kind of get a little bit spoiled but I don't know it, enough of it to get spoiled but I know a little bit of the basic gist but it's been on my list yeah so that's a good one I, I, it's one that I've been meaning to watch yeah is that on Shutter? I believe so okay yeah. uh, I don't know where the burbs is on uh, but find it, 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 I, I like that movie. So, yeah. all right, man, that's disappointing. <laughs> we, we both gave each, we both just get, this was very much the, uh, math homework of, yeah. of this. It's like, I tried to give you a little bit of social studies or a little bit of, uh, science. Yeah. We both ended up just getting math homework. Yeah. It happens. All right. So ginger snaps and the burbs next time, but, but uh, to a movie that we both, genuinely like or series of movies we genuinely like fear street oh and that that made it on my uh list when i went on insta when i said uh what was the better throwback summer of 84 or 1978 yeah uh, from the fear street trilogy uh had people split movies that take place in between like the 70s and 90s is like it's a great period it is yeah and i will say in terms of enjoyment it it went three two one for me I enjoyed 1994 the most, and then 78, and then 1666. Well, uh, it'd be one, two, three, then. Yeah, well, yeah, one, two, three. In yeah. terms of my enjoyment, it goes one, two, three. So in the order that they come in. Yeah, I'm right there. I think it's also just because I'm a child of the 90s. I yeah. think that they captured each kind of, like, time period and what that, like, you figure 90s had a lot of, a lot of '90s was school humor, uh, school horror, like yeah. stuff that took place in school, and it involved teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, '70s, you know, you had summer camp, camp, yeah, yeah, summer camp, which had a lot of like gratuitous sex for no, you know, out of nowhere, which it had in that, you know, drug use, smoking, and stuff like that. And then 1666, which is very much like fear of the unknown, and fear of people who are different than you, kind of stuff. Yeah, and like for me, like I'd say '94 is on top. Mm-hmm. And then it's a little bit of a gap, and then probably it's it's not by much. No, I'd probably go yeah, seventy four and sixty six. They're like right there, neck and neck for second and third. And and it also benefited from actually having teenagers who are likable. I yeah. I will, I've been saying that I preferred uh, the main character's friend, which uh, you're gonna have to be yeah. the uh, computer guy and let me know the names uh, off the top of your head. Okay, so. In 1994, you have Dina, who's the main character. Yes. Sam, who's their ex-girlfriend. Yes. And then you got her friends, Simon and Kate. The best part of the of 94, yeah. in my opinion. The two, no, them and her little brother. What is his name? Flores, I think, is his last name, the actor's name. Yeah, the actor's uh, Benjamin Flores. Yeah. I don't know why I want, I want to say Corey, but I know that's not right. But his but those Josh, three, his name's Josh. But those three were definitely the best part of '94 for me. Yeah, like and, I love slasher movies, mm-hmm. and I know why I like this one so much more than the other ones. Why is that? Because these characters are not like uh, your usual one-dimensional Ken fodder characters. Yeah, like you actually feel something when. You know they die, and I will say like a lot. A lot of movies nowadays also try to slip in a little bit of like uh, a little bit of like uh, I'm 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 trying to hesitate using any word that like uh, like wokeness because I don't I just don't like that word. But I'm trying yeah. to think of a, a, a better word for it like because inclusion of inclusion. Yes, of, yeah, uh, the community. Yeah, because yeah. 
the main our main protagonist is a gay character but they don't flat out say because you assume because her her uh ex is named sam so you know initially you would think to yourself just because you know we're brought up you know people raised just to think in gender norms they don't make the mistake that a lot of movies make nowadays when you have a gay character yeah they make the their sexuality their personality yes and they don't do this with sam and dino they actually make them real people and then when you find out that sam is a female they don't linger on it. it's just oh this is what it okay. is and yeah, we move cool. on yeah it's just which i think is what you need to do in movies like this when you have something like this i heard the same same kind of thing for across the spider-verse uh yeah. which has a lot of stuff like that they don't make a big deal of it it's just it is what it is and we move on sam and dita closely they're more like the gay people that you actually know like the gay friends that i have Mm-hmm. Are closer like Sam and Dina than what you typically get in mm-hmm. Hollywood movies. So, and but I think now I don't think that uh, our main character is bad. I say that the side characters are way more interesting, but I think that's also a good thing. You like to have interesting yeah. side characters. They make Sam and Dina. It's a good story to follow. It's just, yeah. Kate and Simon kind of steal the show because they have. I don't want to say a screen presence, but it's just... Yeah, I would say that's a good way yeah. to put it. They just have a good on-screen presence of just likability. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're the drug dealers of the high school. <laughs> they're the Jay and Silent Bob of the high school. And Yeah, she she carries the drugs around school with absolute confidence. Yeah, she yes, she's confident, and her friend... Uh, Simon, did you say his name was? Simon, yeah. Simon. Um, He's kind of like your typical, like, goofball doesn't really take much seriously just kind of living life type of guy yeah he's just yeah he's just he's just here for it basically he's here for a good time he's here for a good time and he he probably he probably makes straight c's in school in school he he probably skates by in school but everybody like he doesn't get picked on because everybody goes to him for drugs everybody goes to him for like weed or probably for like pills or something like that and he just seems like a really likable guy and then you have Flores. Uh, I, I'm sorry, was it named Carl? Josh. Josh, rather. Yeah. Josh. And you have Josh. He's he spends his time in chat rooms. Back when chat rooms were a big thing, like uh, yeah. just getting started in the 90s. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he he's very like, and none of them are dumb. None of these they're all high schoolers, but they're not dumb either. But he's very much your conspiracy type theorist type person. Which he always yeah again yeah. I mean, you always have to have one in every group. Yeah, he's very much into the lore of the town curse of Seraphir, going back and looking at all these murders. So he's kind of like our guide in the movie. He's the guy who is dumping the story onto us. Like, well, this happened, and then 20 years ago this happened, and then this happened. We learn the lore through him. Yeah. And so... And yeah, just I, I think just that era. I mean, it's called 1994, but other than a couple of things, which if you watch a lot of 90s stuff, you it, it feels very much 90s. But yeah. other than like the chat room thing and one or two other things, it could have taken place any time, really. But it does have that feel of the 90s. Yeah, they in 94 and uh, 78, they do a really good job with the soundtracks of these movies. You can tell they carefully picked out each song, so. Yes, um, a lot of a lot of movies that are throwback movies uh, make the mistake of going like, "All right, this play- takes place in the '90s or this takes place in the '70s or something like that." We have to have nothing. We have to make sure that all of our songs are in your face to make sure that you know it's the '70s or the '90s or whatever like that. Didn't feel that way with this. It was, it was... no, they didn't do like the typical '90s songs. They went with like a, a little bit more deep cuts with the '90s music. Oh, I forgot. Because was it the was it creep that because they transitioned from one song to another when she was on the bus and then put her headphones on. Uh, I, th- I think creep is one of the songs, and then. But I don't know. Yeah, it was like mainstream music, but it didn't feel like it was beat over the head with it. Like you uh, said, it wasn't. It wasn't like you didn't have a lot of. You didn't hear Backstreet Boys or uh, no, Blink One Eighty Two or <laughs> like. Well, uh, Blink One Eighty Two is one of the two thousands, but. Oh uh, well, yeah, probably. A lot of grunge music. Which fits Which, the period. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I tend to blend the early two thousands and the nineties. Yeah, uh, same here. I was trying to think of I was trying to think of ninety eight degrees actually. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to say Backstreet Boys and that other band. <laughs> uh, uh, but let's uh, move on into the seventies. So this is your typical seventies camp movie. 
And once again, it's elevated because the characters, like your main characters like Ziggy and Cindy Berman, you actually care about them. You get reintroduced to uh, Sheriff Nick Good, who was in the first movie, Mm -hmm. but now you see him as a teenager. Yes, and... I will say that, um, and it's nothing against the movie because you know when when they introduce the beginning of this movie and everything like that, and we're in the seventies, and you get introduced to the bullies and everything like that. Like I usually hate when you get like the bullies just thrown in there, but at the same time, I'm like that was a staple of a lot of like you know seventies and especially seventies staple. Yeah, that is a seventies camp staple of you got to have like your bullies who are just you know picking on the people for no reason like it's just i think they use the bullies in this movie in a good way to progress the story yeah i'm saying your main characters where they need to be at certain times that makes sense and like but like i said even like the like the gratuitous sex with the uh camp counselors and stuff like that doesn't really add anything but that was again a staple Staple of 70s 70s camp yeah of haunted camp movies it's like just gratuitous sex and gratuitous violence and gratuitous drug use that that is you know Camp Crystal Lake you know what I mean pretty much basically yeah so I'm not I'm not saying that as a good or bad thing I'm just saying it's a good way that they captured the essence of those movies that would come out during that time this movie is basically a Friday the Thirteenth movie yeah I mean, the killer yeah. even ends up with a sack over his head it knows what it's doing it's paying homages yeah. it's paying exactly. its homage yeah and and I think their only reason I it uh is a little bit lower for me than 1994 but not by much it's just because 90s was my time period yeah you know 80 you know i wasn't alive during the 70s so you know i appreciate the movies that came out then but it's the nostalgia for me so that's the only reason why you know 94 is a little bit above what this what was really missing was an homage to uh madman marks we needed a, a uh, hot three scene. minute hot tub scene I was just staring into each other's eyes. You know, when I was watching it for a second time, I was like, you know, this is great and everything, and I love the homages and everything like that, but I need a jacuzzi scene. Yeah. I, I need a hot tub scene of two camp counselors staring at each other for five minutes while twirling it, around the hot tub for an entire song for while an entire song plays in the background. I mean, if it had that at least, then this would have been. Full uh, top marks, full tens, yeah, full tens, all movies, yeah, perfect. Because I mean, if if you're going to emulate the essence of a movie, you don't go any better than Madman Marks. No, <laughs> oh, I can't top wait till we slashers. I can't wait till we re-review that, that one. <laughs> that was oh, I, when we re-review that movie and it gets to that scene, like oh, here we go. <laughs> like this is like I've been waiting for the past like 20 minutes just to get to this scene. <laughs> yeah, let's watch you guys twirl around the hot tub for the next five minutes and but, i'm just awkwardly there but right you know right before but right before they do that that hot tub scene you need to get a close-up of that dude's ass as he gets into the hot tub which I, if i'm not mistaken that's how it went like that's exactly how it went a close-up of the dude's ass as he's walking into the hot tub and then three minutes of just what i don't i i need to download whatever song that was and that needs to be our new like intro song whatever song was playing during that madman marks and 1978 also it does it doesn't just serve as a good standalone, but it progresses the story of 1994. Yeah, because uh, this movie starts off with they take Sam after she freaks out at the end of 94. Yes, to see Berman's house, who was the only uh, survivor from the the massacre 78 massacre, and they take her to her house, and the C Berman of the future is played by uh, Gillian. Uh, Jacobs from Community? I never really watched Community, so I don't know. Really? I've seen uh, bits and pieces of it. I mean, I've watched a lot of other series. I just can't. If you're a sitcom fan, it's pretty solid, yeah. I end up getting into series, like, years after they're popular. So, at some point, I'll probably start Game of Thrones, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, Community was always one of those when I needed to, like, lighten the mood. I'll throw on Community for a little bit, but yeah. She's basically is telling them the story of 78 and that's when we get to uh camp nightwing camp nightwing that's just sounds so 70s uh camp nightwing i would love to go to camp nightwing and so our main uh, so, so well i was gonna say if you haven't seen it but we're just w- yeah. waiting to spoilers anyway um it, it, yes we progressed the story of what was going on at the end of 94 and i will say at the very end of 78 
it has a legitimate twist. The person who you think is telling the story is the other sister. Yeah. So Siggy Berman was the one who survived, and she started going by C. Berman and kind of honor her sister who sacrificed herself to try to save her at the end of 78. Because you're sitting here watching 78 and going like, well, obviously this girl, we know she lives. And then you see her get killed and you're like, wait a second, who's telling the story? Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, well, you know, Nick Good promised that he'd save her and Mm -hmm. wouldn't let her die. Once when you get to the third movie, you realize, oh, that's gross, dude. Which leads us into 1666. Yeah, I'll go. I'll harp back on it when we get there, but Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So basically, during '94, they find Sarah Fear's grave, her body. Yes. And that kind of kicks off the events. And at the end of '78, they had her hand because the break the curse, you got to connect the hand with the body. Mm-hmm. And they went to where the body, where they thought the body was buried, wasn't there. So the hand got buried back there. Yeah. And she's like, you can't break the curse because no one knows where the body is. And they're like, well, if Shit. the hand's still by the tree, we know where the body's at. So Dina goes and takes the hand, puts it with the body, and enters a trance, which takes her back to 1666, where she like inhabits the body of Seraphir. Yes, and then we get the true backstory of what was going on back that makes the town cursed in the first place. Now, I, now I sit here, I was trying to wonder, like... Is there a particular reason? Well, I'm, I'm interested to hear your answer because you said that it goes one, two, three for you. What do you think the third one is either lacking or whatever to make it like number three on the list? I think it's just the period piece. Like It really is. It, yeah. it, for me, it is the time piece, period. I don't really watch a lot of ye old era movies. Yeah, and like I'm happy that they use all the same actors and actresses. That was cool. But that had to be rough on them to fu- Try to talk with the accents. Oh, oh yeah. Like, it's, some of them could do it, some couldn't. It's just like, oh, yeah. That just like, feels I exhausting. I see you trying, like, that's rough that you got put in this position, but yeah. Yeah, it's like, look, I, if I was the person, if, if I was the director, I'd have been like, look, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make you do this. It just, it's, <laughs> we know it's supposed to be 1666. If you try to do it with a bad accent, it's just going to draw attention to it. Yeah. So, so just talk normally, I guess. You know, nobody's going to care really. And, and yeah, I don't tend to watch a lot of movies that take place in, like, like, uh, like, like movies like The Village, yeah. like which we find out. Spoiler: Big Twist. It's you know, it's modern day, yeah. but. You know, old towns are still speaking ye old English. Oh, Bartholomew, it is, it is thee. You know, I don't. Like, once again, it's kind of, I have weird taste. So it's either like hit or miss with me. Like, I enjoyed The Witch, but. I'm sure that and I there's. I enjoyed this, so. I'm sure there's some few exceptions to the rule, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you know, yeah. nothing against it. It's just not. I uh... just usually don't go out of my way to see the except movies. But yes, yeah, so we figure out the, uh, you know, what was. What was kind of just a whatever thing in 1994 is now like the prevalent thing of these two are are gay. Uh, character of Seraphir and her and her lover. It was the preacher's daughter. It was the preacher's daughter, and you have some creepy pervert like who's jealous that he can't get with either one of them. Yeah. So so he rats. So he says that they're witches and stuff like that. And so what was what makes sense for? 1666 that's a sad part of our actual history but yes you know the way you know women like if there's a potato famine it's got to be one of the women's fault so it's witches it's witches but Um, uh well i wouldn't say a fun fact but a fact they didn't actually burn anybody at the stake during the salem witch trials wasn't it more the the water torture yeah they killed a lot of different ways but they didn't actually burn anybody at the stake. That just became that just yeah. became an old wives' tale kind of thing, or, yeah. or old uh, story. I'm pretty sure it's happened. It just didn't happen during the Salem witch trials, or maybe it just didn't happen as often as. Or, you saying, yeah, yeah, maybe it just didn't. But ha- no, I'm yeah. saying that like the whole time period during the Salem witch trials, they didn't actually burn anybody at the stake. Uh well, a little little history lesson for you yeah. guys out there. <laughs> didn't in my opinion it was like oh how do you want to die either that or we have different ways of torture we can dismember you or, yeah. uh, but we didn't burn anybody we're gonna throw you in the lake and then we're gonna throw a giant boulder on you and if you're trying to you're not a witch you know you we killed an innocent person but at least we'll know 
Yes, yeah, son of a witch. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's how we. Uh, so that's how uh, the town gets cursed. Essentially. Yeah. Is that Seraphir is accused of being a witch with the uh, preacher's daughter, and uh, yeah, so places a curse on the town, and yeah, and then the preacher goes crazy, locks every all the children in the church, and takes out their eyeballs. As you do. Yeah, as one does on a casual Saturday. As one does on a casual Saturday after a day of witch burning. Yeah, just re- start removing eyeballs of the children and then take out your own eyes. Now, uh, I forget, did they say why he did that? Or was he just crazy? He, just, he was the first name of the curse. So uh, as you find out, this curse is started between a deal between the devil and Solomon Good, a farmer on the outskirts of town. For prosperity, he had to give the devil one soul, and basically, what happens with that one person is they go insane, they go crazy, and start killing people. Which has been happening throughout, like the History. first two. Yeah, that's the overarching narrative. Is all these killers are all from the same city? Yeah. So yeah, that's why I think preacher William Brooker was he is the first one of the curse. So that all happens, and but we do not stay in 1666 for the entirety because she eventually gets out of the trance. And she realizes, oh, Nick Good is the one doing all this. <laughs> that no good Nick Good. Yeah, basically putting a curse on Shadyside to keep Sunnyvale super, super crime-free and rich. It's very much Tale of Two Cities right there. Like I was going to say, yeah. for when you said for uh, to keep the town safe, I was like, for the greater good. Yeah. So they hatch up a plan to kill the sheriff. Yes. But they didn't kill the deputy. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I was expected to laugh that hard, then I made myself giggle. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, I love, I love little corny jokes. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, but they didn't kill the deputy, though. Yeah. No, that was done by one of the monsters, because basically Nick Good somehow summons all of the killers from the past come back and go after Dina because she knows. Can't have that. Nope. Can't have anybody messing this up, so. So, uh, let's go into the dramatic conclusion. What they try to do is trap all the monsters, cover the sheriff in Dina's blood, and Mm -hmm. then release the monsters so they go after him. Yes. (laughs) You You would think there would be a better... Uh, that, that there would have been like a a thing where it would have been like the monsters would have known better than that, <laughs> but but basically what they do is they hunt based on the scent of the blood of the person they're chasing. Oh, Find yeah. that out in the first movie, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was uh I forgot because they had that whole bathroom scene which was really cool. Yeah, so that doesn't work. Nick Good escapes. Dino chases him down. So that leaves her brother, good old then, Josh. Uh, Josh, a uh, guy that Josh helped you know, escaped jail earlier in the mm-hmm. first movie, and then Siggy Berman, to fend off all the monsters now. Which, uh, they do. They come up with a pretty good plan to spray each of them with the blood, so mm-hmm. monsters fight each other, and then eventually they run out of blood, so it becomes them just basically fighting them until Dina could get to uh, Sheriff Nick Good and kill him. And then all the monsters disappear, and the end. What did what did you think of how it all wrapped up? Do you I think was that it was a? Yeah. I was about to say, do you think that it was a good ending to this trilogy of of movies? Yeah, because uh, everything kind of tied together pretty well there at the end. So, so as a as a whole, but let's instead and as a whole of trilogies, let's let's grade this as one whole thing. Let's uh, because uh, unless you want to go one, two, three. No. And grade them. Do you want to just grade I it mean, as a whole? Yeah, when I watch Fear Street, I kind of just watch it as one movie. Because it is one whole story. Yeah, I mean, it's like six hours, but it's one movie for me, basically. Ah, uh, Lord of the Rings is way longer. Yeah, exactly, so. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so let's let's go tit for tat, uh, te- starting with technicals real quick. Well, well, actually, we have to do kills in the movie first. Um, I, I believe I've just... I said this in the very first podcast. I don't think it's changed. Uh-huh. But uh, Kate getting her head mashed into the deli slicer. I think that was both of ours, because that was my favorite, too. Yeah. Cause so, that, yeah. Like, Kate or Simon would be a close second, because that one was just a solid place for a jump scare and a sudden death. Yeah. And yeah. 
And it and it just hits you because I didn't want to see either of them die. Exactly. Like both deaths <laughs> made me go like, oh no. Not not my girl. I was rooting, I was rooting for him, yeah. <laughs> not my girl. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that was also a staple of the uh 90s, is that these are all supposed to be high school students, but they're played by like people in their mid twenties. Yeah. Which was a big thing in the nineties. Yeah. Like you always had high schoolers played by like adults. Well, yeah. I think these ones were relatively younger. I think I think she was twenty three. I think they were like all in between like nineteen and like twenty three. Yeah. I think that was so a little bit closer than a lot of ones in the nineties, yeah. but still adults. Like in the faculty, I think one of the people at their locker mm-hmm. in that movie is like actually balding. You said like it's actually it's like one of the extras. It's just a guy standing at the locker, but you could tell he has a giant bald spot in the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but our main characters are 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 age appropriate. I would say. Yeah. I mean, they're they're very well. Yeah. They're high schoolers, but they're like between like eighteen, eighteen and twenty three. So yeah, forgivable. It's not as gratuitous as like the Power Rangers or yeah. outlandish as like the Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we both have the same one. Uh, yeah. Deli meat sliced up, uh, sliced up my homegirl. So yeah. I, I mean, officially, it, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And uh, all right, so let's now go into technicals. So the technicals, I mean, it's shot really well for the most part. I can't think of any scenes where I'm like, oh, that wasn't good. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to give it an eight. I'm right there with you. It's an eight out of ten. Shot competently, shot well. Yeah. No, no, there were, there were no. There were some good, you know, a lot of the scenes were homages to other things and, yeah. you know, no, nothing took me away from what was going on. Uh, story, the overarching story, it's a good one. It is a pretty good story. I'd say, I'd give it, I'd give it a seven. I'll give it a seven and a half. Yeah. I was like, it's not eight, but it's, but I felt I needed to give it a little bit more of a bump than just a seven. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a good story. It's not like... It's not a immaculate story. Yeah, but it's a good story. Yeah, it, you're interested. Yeah, yeah, you do. After the first one, you kind of want to know what you know. You want to know more by the end of each one. Like at the end of '94, you want to know. All right, well, what's going on? And then at the end of '78, you're like, all right, well, what happened? What's the actual story? Yeah. And even if 1666 we feel is the weakest of the three, it's still a competently told story. Yeah, because only the first half is basically shot in the period times. So yeah, and that's just a personal preference, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So enjoyment, I'd probably give it an eight. I feel like I could rewatch this movie at any time. I I, I pretty good time. I can give it an eight too. I feel I said it before because this is an R.L. Stein property. Yeah. That if this was made, if, if Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was made like this, it would have been perfect. Like if if they had the team from this one make scary stories to tell in the dark, like in no way that I did I ever think that if I were comparing like the Goosebumps movie and scary stories to tell in the dark that I would side with Goosebumps. Well, this is uh, Fear Street, not Goosebumps. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, Goosebumps I'm just... is made more for kids. While I know. when he wrote Fear Streets, oh, I know, was more for the young adults. Yeah, I know. That was just a side point. Yeah, that was just a side point that I never thought I would like say that because I I read more scary stories to tell in the dark, but um. I think that if maybe Scary Stories had a R rating, it would have been cooler. But yeah. uh, that was just a whole nother tangent, though. Yeah. Um, so that was eight, eight, seven and a half for me, I think. Yeah, eight, eight, seven for me. So 23 for me and then 23 and a half for you. So. Yeah, solid, solid movie. High solid. up there, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, it's one of those where I could just pop it on. Like, In fact, like you know, especially on a day like this where it's my day off, it's like cloudy out. I was like, yeah. Just I got much going on. Put it on, yeah. Yeah, pop it on while I do some stuff around the house. Exactly. So this well, is my the... question yeah. for you: is if they went to made another Fear Street movie, I think they'd have to make it a completely different story, unrelated to the first three. Well, I don't know much about Fear Street, so was that a series of of stories? It was like Goosebumps, but for adults. Yeah, targeted for like young adults, teenagers, young adults. So yes, I think that if they were to make another one, it should be like. Let's pretend like this doesn't even exist and let it be its own separate story. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it needs, it should be its own thing. And I think that they shouldn't even do the novelty of the different time periods. Just, we, we had yeah. this gimmick when we had this fun stuff with Fear Street. Let's just try something completely different with a new Fear Street. Yeah, I think that's a cool concept, doing an anthology through trilogies. Yes. Tell one story through three movies and then 
a completely different story through another three movies. Yeah, and I and even uh, even when they did like sixteen sixty six, I th- I liked that they kept the same cast. Yeah, uh, that was very American Horror Story, yeah. <laughs> uh, where in which they do they bring back the same cast but cast. for different kind of things, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to I wouldn't even be opposed to them bringing back some of the uh, other cast members, but just play different people. If they uh, brought back the same cast, I'd be happy with it. But just have them completely like different than what they were playing in this. Exactly. Yeah. I, I would. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have uh, Simon and uh, Sam and everybody like as the antagonist in the next one. For all I care, yeah. just like just uh, I'd be interested to see if they do uh, what they would do. I hope they do come out with another one. I, I think it deserves to keep going as a franchise. So. And it's like, and it's very much liked by the horror community. So yeah, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about it. So this was our first in our re-reviews, which uh, we're just kind of we're just taking a couple from. We're not going to do every single movie from uh, season one, but uh, a couple. So you want to? So yeah, for sorry. the next one, I was thinking we could either do one we really enjoy or one we really hate. We could do Leslie Vernon or we could do Venom. I say uh, I say we sandwich it since we did one we really liked. Let's do Venom and then Leslie Vernon. Okay, yeah. Uh, because Venom was also one that I have been meaning to go back because it's become infamous in our talks of of how bad it was. But yeah. enough time has passed that I'm like, was it really that bad? <laughs> as bad as I thought. I'm gonna have to go rewatch it. Yeah, and I'm gonna watch it and go like, nope, it was that bad. It was exactly as bad as I remember it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, at least that was free on YouTube, right? I mean, it was two years ago, so I'm guessing it's still there. Uh, uh, that, wouldn't that blow? It was like you have to pay three dollars ninety nine cents to watch. Sort of rent it on Amazon. God. But that will be our next one, and then we can follow it up with, you know, our our, our beloved Leslie Vernon, which we can't speak highly okay. enough of. One of my top five all time favorite movies. So that's how you do a mockumentary, Chris. Not this Lake yeah. Mungo movie. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to like us jointly hating on a movie that we've both heavily criticized. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, that's treats for later. And in the meantime, thank you everybody for sticking with us. And I have been Chris Thomas, and with me as always, Broke Rider Dave. Have a good week, everybody. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe, and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.